what is up guys this is pinzo back with another episode of the nerd hub podcast of course today i am joined by exlon to be here glad to be back i'm glad to have you back we did miss a week last week we were just kind of busy just didn't didn't get to recording this week we'll make sure to do this one and then hopefully we should have one next week i don't see why not i definitely don't see why not either all right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just making sure. I mean, there's always a chance. Maybe I'll make some excuses now so that it's okay when we miss it. Uh, I'm gonna be sick next week. Okay. Yeah. I was planning on getting my liver taken out. Oh. Okay. Cool. 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 Is that one of the things you can get taken out and live? What can you get out and and be okay? Yeah. No. Your liver regrows so that like they can, if you have like a slow a swollen liver, they can like flay part of it out of you and it'll regrow. So, okay, so I, I just can't get the whole thing taken out. Yeah, like, so recovery time, you'll be good. Okay, you'll okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds good. All right, well, this week, we, we've got some good topics. Uh, I, I think so. We've got some, some, so some movie theory kind of stuff. Uh, we do have some more hot takes this week, and we've got some... I don't know. I don't know what to call this throwback kind of kind of retro gaming kind of stuff. Does that sound about right? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. About kind of talking about the history of gaming a little bit. A little bit, a little bit, and the and the future, of course, but hand in hand. And then we'll we'll finish it off with some Dungeons and Dragons. I think. I think so. Sounds like a great episode to me. Sounds like sounds like one to me. Well, I say we should get right into it. Let's do it. All right, so starting us off, excellent. Marvel is a big thing, right? Right. And I don't know if you remember, but when Endgame was coming out, there was a popular little theory going around about Ant-Man and yeah. how he <laughs> could single-handedly defeat Thanos by shrinking down, going up his butt, and then growing really big and exploding him. Yes. All right, so off of that, how else could the Avengers slash the MCU have defeated Thanos? Because it's Doctor Strange is like, I looked at 14 billion blah, 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 blah timelines and we only beat him in one. And that's kind of like, I don't believe that. I really don't think that Thanos should have won 14 billion times and then lost once. Like that's that, those, those odds are not really... I don't see it. I don't see it. How, how would you do it? Excellent. So in the, they kind of play with this a little bit in Infinity War, but like when they're trying to keep Vision back around or yeah. they're trying to keep, or like trying to keep him around, that's why they don't immediately destroy the Mind Stone. One of the ways that they can do it is like make it so impossible for Thanos to find the last stone by literally making it random, by, like, putting, taking the Mind Stone, like, when it's out of his head, and okay. Doctor Strange opens a portal in the middle of space and drops it in, and just some random point in space, drops it in, says, go find it. Space Stone. He can teleport anywhere. He can teleport anywhere. That doesn't mean he knows where it is. He, he has... Chucks it. I... I guess... But he he has the... At that point, he would have... Well, I don't know. Are we saying that he has the Soul Stone at that point? Because the... The, I mean, I, the Infinity Stones themselves yeah. are... The Infinity Stones themselves are pretty powered down to be in the MCU compared to their comic book counterparts, if you, if you oh, care, yeah. you know. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, with the Soul Stone, he could just, like, make Doctor Strange bring it back. What does the Soul Stone even do? I, in, like, he sort of gets actual... to just like control people, I believe. I I'm well, not in, like, I'm not positive. Movie, I'm not a big really I'm not a big it. Marvel comics guy to be honest. But that's how I understand it. That might not be true. Who knows? My point is, I feel like if he has the other five stones and doesn't have the Mind Stone, I feel like he could. I feel like he'd be able to get it. I mean, that's a lot of stones. It is, it's a lot of stones, but also, like, if you're trying to, in, in a solution that's not just, like, kill Thanos. Yeah, right. It, like. No, I understand, I understand the, the, uh, I understand it. I understand the imagination. Like, 
yeah he can't find it anymore like i mean it's the same thing he did to the avengers right reduced to atoms like they're not technically gone but good luck yeah like it buys you at least a little bit of time for doctor strange to get there yeah actually kill thanos right uh yeah i i like that i i like that theory what about you what how how would you do it i i feel like i took a little more direct of an approach here and just said uh send scarlet witch and doctor strange at him like both of those people like thanos isn't magic like scarlet witch and doctor strange both like stood their ground against thanos pretty well one-on-one i feel like the two of them together would just like kind of kind of kill him like just win right i mean i don't know i feel like i feel like that'd be the easiest way i i like the uh get rid of one stone my other solution is just kill gamora because she knows she's the only one that knows where the soul yeah. stone is uh right. which i feel like would be an easy solution just yeah sorry gamora this is good for the good of the entire universe goodbye yeah that's another fair like there are ways to get around it yeah another... or okay. i mean can't you just have uh i don't know scarlet witch or or I don't know. Professor X have have get get Xavier in here and just wipe it from Gamora's mind and then she doesn't know. Yeah. And then she gets to live and she doesn't have to tell Thanos where the Soul Stone is. I yeah. feel like I feel like there were more options than just She also losing. could have just like not told him. That's that's true. Like as even though, like, yeah, she would have, like, lost Nebula. Boo-hoo, Her entire cry. character... Yeah, it's like, yeah, cry about it, I guess. Like, if you have to say the fate of the universe, which you know, like, Gamora's the one who bets the stakes. It's like, can snap away half the universe like that. And, like, she literally sets the stakes in the trailer for the movie. Yeah. Like, can set He can snap away half the universe. Don't tell him. You, I oh, mean, no. yeah, that, I feel like it'd be a lot easier to, to not tell him if she actually just didn't know. Like, there's a lot of people I feel like that could wipe her memory. Yeah. I'm sure Doctor Strange has a spell to wipe her memory. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, or... I don't know if you've happened to have seen the, the most recent uh, Spider-Man movie. But Doctor Strange quite literally has a spell to wipe people's memories. That is the main thing that it does. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, it wouldn't be particularly difficult for him to. No, like, uh-uh. He did it casually like, on Wong. He casually mentions that he's done it to Wong before at the beginning of Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot. Yeah, he's like, that. do you remember New Year's at Kamertage? Uh-uh. Yeah, haha. That's because I cast this spell on you, Wong, sucker. Like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they had a lot of options to I like your I like your way of just not letting him get the stones. I feel like that's that's a good one. There's I'm sure there's like sciencey ways around it, but also they and they also kind of to in the movie like ways that they could have done it like taking off the gauntlet but also like when one of thanos's goons gets his hand cut off by yeah by the, the uh, by the portal by the portal do that to thanos do yeah, that to I thanos's mean, head that especially that hand cut off thing is such a wink wink nudge nudge to towards yeah. the audience i mean it's that one to me is maybe even a little heavy-handed because it's so obvious no pun intended or no pun, pun intended. intended well so okay. someone intended okay okay <laughs> but like still it one of the things that I, one of my biggest criticisms about endgame in general is that how easy it was for them to like basically solve beating thanos yeah to just win the second time you mean yeah yeah 
the second time to where it's like why didn't we do this the first time around yeah i think it's a little i I cut him a little slack because in infinity war especially everyone is so split up that thanos never has to fight the entire avengers you know i mean he's fighting he's fighting like groups of five at a time instead of instead of big groups like there's a lot of them in wakanda you know but even then it's like I don't know if we, a bunch of them are just stuck fighting CGI aliens instead of being able to sort of gang up on Thanos. And then he had already killed all the, the Guardians of the Galaxy in space on Titan. So I, I cut them a little slack on that one because they were not grouped up. But even still, on this on that battlefield, there was Scarlet Witch. I, I guess Doctor Strange wasn't there yet because he no, died. he was, yeah, he was still on Titan. Yeah, he was still on Titan. But even then, he can travel across space and time. He can open up a portal. You would think, yeah, and, like he can literally open up a portal when Thanos teleports to Earth to follow Thanos. Because yeah. he says there are two stones on Earth at some point in the movie. He knows where they're going, or he. Sh- I guess he should could very easily infer where he was going i guess he doesn't know where wakanda is or where thanos is going yeah i don't know i mean he used the time stone to see to see many futures right you'd think he'd had to have seen wakanda in one of them yeah definitely you'd think that i mean if he sees one possible future where they win letting thanos get the stone in wakanda is part of that that is part of that yeah so getting yeah i I would think that that he could get him there i don't know i think it's i think it's all interesting my other point is that the guardians of the galaxy alone destroyed a destroyed a god right i mean isn't that basically what guardians of the galaxy 2 is aren't they killing like actually a god yeah the um ego the living planet he's not a god but he's a living planet he's okay okay that has at least they are fighting him you know at his planet's core like shouldn't he be basically uh all powerful on his own battlefield in his own planet from a comic standpoint ego is way way stronger right like thanos couldn't beat ego fighting him inside of his planet right yeah no because ego like wallows him whole instantaneously yeah i mean it's it's literally his battlefield like like he literally has full control over it yeah i feel like if the guardians have that kind of abilities to beat essentially a god on his own turf i feel like the guardians should and they did they did put up a good fight i will say that but i feel like they should have been able to do it yeah, but character motivation gets yeah. in the way. Yeah, it does. Like, and and I, I don't think that was... That's one of the more, like... Sorry. That, I, that I was going to say, I don't think it's written poorly. I don't think... I think that's totally within uh, Star-Lord's character to do that, to beat the shit out of Thanos, even while they're basically winning as soon as he says that he killed Gamora. Yeah, I don't hate it, but at the same time, it was, like, in the movie, like, watching that, it's like, this is frustrating. It's frustrating, because, like, but I don't think it's out of character. Fair. It's kind fair. of like a D&D, it's what my character would do moment. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. A lot of good solutions present. Yeah, I think that, th- I definitely think they could have won easier ways, and definitely more than one out of 14 billion. Yeah, I mean, like, you could have, like, just looked at, just gotten a bad draw, looked at a lot of, like, the wrong futures. I mean, come on, there's not one of those 14 billion where Thanos, like, trips and breaks his neck and dies? Right? Come on! He doesn't die from, like, he doesn't underestimate the power of the Infinity Gauntlet and dies from that or something like that. Or or he blows a hole in his ship and gets sucked into space and dies, or uh, a stray bullet just, like kills him on the battlefield he doesn't he doesn't block it or something i don't know like there's gotta be a a hard time believing that like there's not like bucky doesn't have some high-powered sniper rifle right or just land a lucky shot yeah 
do something. Or but... Hawkeye, you know, Hawkeye doesn't doesn't get him with an arrow in, in one of these. I mean, we're talking 14 billion and not a single accident happens this whole time that it just like kills Thanos. That's a yeah. lot of that's a lot of billions. Yeah, and like Thanos, like one dude that he's one dude. He's one guy. <laughs> like he's one dude who doesn't wear a whole lot of armor, especially in the first movie. Like he he's kind of vulnerable, and he shows that like he can take. So what's stronger, like a rocket-powered hammer that Stark hits him with that like draws, draws blood? blood? Or a bullet. And I would argue a bullet's a little bit stronger. I, I think that's like, a fair argument. Ergo, assault rifle that Bucky has. And I don't um, think Bucky yeah. ever actually shoots at Thanos. I really don't. I don't think anyone shoots at Thanos. They're probably just like, he's too strong for bullets. Like, have you have you tried? I'm just curious, oh. you know. I don't know. Did, did yeah, you shoot I, him? I, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, the mad type. Are we sure about that? Have we you tried? checked? Because... <laughs> Please check. <laughs> we have some really big bullets on planet Earth, okay? Please double check. Right, you're not telling me some, like, German-made bullet isn't gonna take a chunk out of something of Or, like, a like... tank or, or something? Come on. Like, granted, he does have the power of the universe at his fingertips, but also, like, if he doesn't see it coming... Yeah. Then... I, like team up work as come a team on. where's the US military during all of this right see that's how you beat Thanos is good old patriotism that's what I'm thinking I think we solved the MCU I think I think we did it I think that that's the solution <laughs> that, that, I, speaking of hot takes okay hot takes, that was good that was good that's how you do a transition by I, the way yeah not your ultimate mine segue. are good i promise i've been i took a segue class last semester and i've gotten better at it oh sure anyways <laughs> hot take what are they you want mine first <laughs> sure god is yours is yours at all related to this topic because mine's gonna be a tangent um it's not really related to this topic. okay no. okay um Actually, can I go second? I lied. Mine's related to the next topic. Oh, okay. Um, so my hot take is in the Harry Potter franchise, in the seventh book, Severus Snape has a redemption arc where he was a double, double agent and killed Albus Dumbledore in the sixth book and had a big redeeming arc. Um, was supposed to basically redeem his character and make sure that he's he's like oh he's a good person now and he was always a good person and he always loved harry and yada 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 all right after rereading the harry potter series recently severus snape was an asshole the entire time and his sacrifice was because he couldn't get over some girl he had a crush on in high school oh no he was totally a simp yeah no he simped for this one girl that he was like not a good person to in the first book like he insulted her multiple times throughout the book he's like why isn't this working out why doesn't she like me yada 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 like calls her a mudblood to her face on multiple occasions rats her out to thanos and then or to voldemort (laughs) sorry Um, (laughs) there's your cross there's your hot take (laughs) Yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying, and I I agree. I uh, it falls so short. Like you see the, and, and if there was like more to that chapter when Harry sees it in the pensive, or like Snape wasn't abusive to Harry on multiple occasions, it would be more like it would feel like it was more. But like after rereading it, I was like, oh, and like seeing like the little details here and there, I'm like, oh, Snape's just a dick. See, I sort of, I, I, so I agree that Snape is basically an ass for, for the, the entire time we know it. I disagree that the redemption arc is trying to paint him in the light that he always liked Harry. 
because I don't think that's true. He never liked her. Exactly. That's why he's an ass to him. Um, and I don't, th- I, I don't think that's what it's trying to say. I think it's, you know, uh, trying to say that he did, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was simping over this chick. He sold her out. He felt bad. He became a triple agent, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's quite like, uh, I think it's very complicated if you really wanted to get into it. He's just, it's just a simp. He couldn't get over some yes. high school crush. Like this is like this is high school. They graduated, and like kind of lost. And then he got her and... killed. I mean, like you do have to kind of think about that. I mean, that's a little that's a little yeah. step up from most high school crushes. You know, I don't know if you've ever gotten your high school crush murdered, uh, but I think that would do something a little different to you if you were but, the reason that they got murdered. But like even. St- Still, like <laughs> his patro- like, but his Patronus is supposed to be lilies, and like, and he's painted. He's like, I always loved a lily. He no, he's totally a simp, and, and he's just a simp, like the entire time. And I would much rather. Well, I guess it just it falls short for me. It, I like, it I agree. I think a lot of people really... sort of hype it up as this like sort of like end all be all of character motivation reveals. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't think so. He was like still an asshole the entire time. It's like, yeah, Harry, I, your mom, but also I was abusive for five or for six years of your high school, your school career. When I was teaching you occlumency, I like legitimately tried to embarrass you the entire time. He hit Harry on like a bunch of different occasions. Yeah. I'm like, really? Like, that's that's the guy that you're trying to paint in a good light and be like, oh, he he was a hero. It's like, he did a heroic thing, but he was still kind of a dick, like, the entire time. Yeah, I, I don't even know if, if I'd call him... I don't even know if it's really a redemption. I mean, it's... Like, I understand his ties to Dumbledore, and I think that that whole part of his arc is good, that him and Dumbledore had this, you know, uh argue or agreement that Snape would kill him you know like I think I think that that's uh, like the good part of this I think that the simp part is uh I think it's played up a lot I think a lot of people just really over over analyze it and they're like yeah he was such a good guy the whole time he was this triple agent the entire time and he never had mixed feelings he always loved Harry he always loved Lily he was always the number one Dumbledore fan I don't know. I feel he like he also got Sirius killed. Yes, well, he did. he was a triple agent. Like he's the like the reason Sirius was mad was because Snape kept poking him and kept making fun of him and like and and kept basically saying Sirius was useless, which is why Sirius went to the Ministry, or was one of the reasons why Sirius was so eager to go to the Ministry and just left grim old place and up in. He was one of the main reasons, and is actually the reason why, like, is the reason Harry blames Snape. Like, Harry blames Snape. It's said in the sixth book, Harry blames Snape for what happened for Sirius's death, which is a pretty fair statement. I would agree. So, he got two people in the Order killed, one of which he kind of knew about. Well, he d- knew about both, but, like, He's not a, he's not, I, it falls so short for me if he's played up as this big hero. That, I agree. I like, think it's definitely the, overplayed. I, I definitely think it's sort of an overhyped moment of the Harry Potter books. Yeah, but there's, I know a lot of people who love Harry Potter and was, are like, and Harry naming hit one of his kids, Alvis Severus Potter. Like, come on, dude. That's just, like, like, that's just bad writing, in my opinion. Like, that's just gross. No one would do that. Yeah. Dude literally, like, beat the shit out of you for five years, and then you... Does one thing. On the side of that... What? Does one thing. He did one good thing. Yeah. Yeah, he did one good thing, but also you got your mom and your godfather and your dad killed. Yeah. Like, but... 
but also, but, but, but also. But he had a crush on your mom the whole time. Yeah, but he wanted to bang your mom. Yeah, I definitely think it's so, overplayed. Yeah. My hot take. All right, understandable. Okay, okay. Um, moving on to mine. Mine is is more into into gaming. Uh, I I just I've seen a couple arguments about this online recently, specifically with um, games like League of Legends. And my my hot take is that top down balancing is good. I think that it's a good idea, and it's the way the games should be balanced. Now, top down balancing, for those of you who don't know, is basically where the game is balanced for the pro level it is it is balanced towards the pros and then everyone else just has to play with what with what they're given so this is basically you know if a champion is really hard to play but they're completely broken if you play them well the pros play them well and they're really broken so they get nerfed and then they're really bad in bronze because bronze players can't play them and now they're nerfed and that's why people get mad and a lot of people say that the pros should play on a different patch or that the game should not be balanced towards them and instead be balanced towards like middle of the pack players, that kind of stuff. I like it. I think it's healthy for the game. I think it's healthy for esports. I think that internet viewership, be it esports and or content creation, is a very big driving factor in these games succeeding. And if you don't balance correctly for stuff like that, the game will be bad period i i agree with this a lot so i play a lot of strategy games okay and there are like i like games like hearthstone games like magic and there are certain decks out there that have either received nerfs or cards have gotten banned because it's not like this deck was overtly overpowered but you see the highest levels of competition yeah. how unbelievably well these decks perform yes take for example birthing pod birthing yep. pod was a very very difficult deck to play because when you had birthing pod in play you can search for anything in your deck at any time so your decision trees at any point in time when you untap with ginormous because you're it's like because your entire deck is built around what for am i gonna go get with this kitchen face or what am what line do i am i going to take to win this game so when you looked at like pro tour born of the gods which was a while ago but it, oh, was, a it, bit. Was, the, it was the biggest showing of birthing pod at a pro tour level and at a pro level and you look at how many decks at the or you look at like the top 32 how many birthing pod and splitter twin decks were out there that were like very very difficult to play yes and they got things banned because they were at a very very high level but you go to your fnm and somebody's just losing because they're playing like kiki pod or something like that and they and they have no idea how to play it yeah and they're screwing up lines and they're taking the wrong like they're doing different things they're they're just doing things wrong like or they're not finding the right line yes win things like that it's it follows the same line of like well do we really want these players to have the ability to do this and i completely agree with it it's like yes ban the things that the pros say are too good because it makes for a very negative competitive environment it does. I, so, I agree. Get better at the game. There are resources for you to get better at the game with. It's the like, same it's like handing like... a storm deck to someone that knows how to play magic and someone that has only ever played, you know, uh, mono red aggro. Right. One person's going to know how to storm off and win on turn three, and one person is going to be completely lost playing this deck, you know? There, it's, a, yeah. it's, like a, it's a skill gap thing, honestly. Yeah, the biggest example of this is the reason why Clark Clan Ironworks is banned. Exactly. That's that a deck, deck that was, I couldn't pilot, and I at least know I've a decent amount. <laughs> I've tried to pilot that deck, and the amount of, like, rules things and timing yeah. to go acknowledge and understand how things work to go off in a certain way, and then sequence your spells right to recognize it. 
but also sequence your spells in the correct way to set up a loop that doesn't always work all the time when you're going off. And you can also whiff because you're t- the timing of your spells changes throughout your combo. Exactly. And trying to set this whole thing up, it is really, really difficult to play. But professional player Matt Nass also won three Grand Prix in a row with it. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously so, good if you can figure it out. I mean, like, I don't know how you figure it out, but... It's unbelievably busted once you figure it out. Like, the deck was insane. And understanding the finer points of it is really, really difficult. And I like games that reward skill, but there's yes. a cap to it of, like, how much of this game are we going to... If the ceiling for this character is unbelievably high, there are people who will climb that mountain. Yes. There are people who will run after that and be like, I'm going to push this to the absolute limit to the point where it is things need to change. Characters have you, need to be nerfed. Have you played Overwatch slash watched any Overwatch League? Um, I've played Overwatch before. Okay, so uh this is probably the most glaring example of this topic that I've ever seen, and it's GOATS meta, if you if you know what the GOATS meta is from Overwatch. This was, it was, so it was, like, two years ago, basically, it was right when they kind of stopped updating Overwatch. Uh, there was this meta that formed where you ran three tanks and three healers, because it was twice as easy to play as actually having to aim on, on, a, on heroes that have to shoot people. You basically just got as many stats as you could that being shields uh healing all that stuff and you just put it on the point and it was the most boring least skillful overwatch meta that anyone has ever seen and blizzard could not balance this to take this out of the game they nerfed all of the heroes they just kept getting replaced by different ones everything got nerfed eventually that's why they implemented two 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 roll locked where you have to have two tanks two damage and two healers and now they're at a point where the game is at least balanceable but that goats meta is widely renowned as essentially the worst meta that's ever been a present in esports because it was just it was so skillless it's kind of what happens when you almost don't top down balance because a, a angry chimp could have played goats meta as well as those professional overwatch players were yeah and i think that that's part of the reason that you know that's not a team comp you could not play goats in your ranked game because you needed to uh, have people that knew how to play it but those pros that's all that they played because it was by far the best thing they could do yeah and on the kind of the flip side of that is that there is there's your learning curve characters like in games like smite anubis and thanos uh-huh. or thanatos why thanos is on thanos the mind and loki thanos is on the mind thanatos and loki that teach players damage isn't everything you need crowd control in your kit you need to be able to manage against a team not just steamroll one person or like get your one killed and you're sitting duck and then you die there's exactly. Why Blockus Jungles isn't meta. But then professional players pick this apart. Like, there's a reason why in large part of the Overwatch meta, or at least when I was playing Overwatch, was not a particularly good character. Because you had damage, but it was inconsistent. And it there was, you had to understand consistent high damage. You had to understand positioning. And in large part was not a very good character just because didn't have any escapability didn't have any sort of healing was just straight damage yep got on your perch and you shot at things super fun character to play and exactly. i actually think all these characters are really really fun to play but at from a professional level even the the players that are going to hit their widow shots a hundred percent of the time or a very very high frequency yeah because it's their job like they are professionals they make money to do this even they understand there are other aspects to this game that i need to be better at yeah it's i think it's crazy up perspective 
Um, it's I think it's crazy because you have characters that are just uh, so hard to actualize for your average player that they are just not even worth picking up. And then at the high end, people that spend, you know, hours a day learning to play this character and become just absolutely cracked on it, they're too good and it ruins games. And it's it's just an interesting thing to think about. And I know a lot of like low mid-level players get really mad about it because the the characters that they sort of like playing get nerfed into the ground because the pros are too good at them. I think it's a good thing all around for the health of a game and the health of esports scenes. I think it's a good thing to top-down balance. I do as well. But a counter-argument to this is Light Super Smash Brothers Melee. Okay. Is because Fox has widely been considered the best character in the game since the game came out. Yeah. Outside of the very first ever tier list where Sheik was the best character um, and Waveshine wasn't discovered yet. Okay. Um, it was. It's been largely considered Fox is the best character, and people have made the theoretical meta of twenty XX that in the year twenty XX, when melee is still around, um, Fox is. It's only Fox mirrors because of how good everybody is at the game. You have and to play Fox if you want to win. You essentially. have to play Fox. Yeah. But you kind of on the flip side of that of you see the characters that are played in professional melee right now is that zane is a marth main and hungry box is a jigglypuff main and there are peach mains that are making uh, that are yep. top eighting tournaments and there are captain falcon mains that are like and there are so many different characters but the better you are with fox like you like there's so many different like cracked out fox mains that have just learned fox abused fox but you don't see them talking about banning Fox or banning No, I mean, I. there are multiple other characters in Melee that I think are getting banned before Fox. Yeah, I mean, like mostly Ice, ice Climbers. climbers. Yeah. I, they actually have officially banned Wobbles in tournaments. In, in all or tournaments? In or in, in like, all, whatever yeah. sanctioned tournaments? Yeah, in all... Yeah, it's whatever... Like the no, main, like, official... like, sort of uh, tour tournaments or whatever yeah tournament series that's going on it doesn't have one there's not one official sponsor but um i don't like it i think wobbles should be legal that's my other hot take for the day it's really frustrating to play against but also like the whole mindset of like the really old smash brothers quote of how do you win games and the uh best player at the time who had just won his name is Isaiah, and they're like, "How are you?" An announcer asked him, "Like, how good are?" He's like, "Why are you so good at this game? How'd you get to be so good?" And he, his response was, "Don't get hit." Exactly. So I, don't I guess get grabbed, don't get grabbed. Dude. Just don't get grabbed. Um, I, Which I, is somewhat fair. I but think also that at the same it's time, it's pretty game breaking. Listen, we're talking about a 2004 fighting game from Nintendo. You know, right. I don't think that there's a reason to take parts of any kits out of the game. You cannot patch the game. You know, it's it's not a game that's online. It's not it's not Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. You can't patch it. I don't see a reason to take parts of kits out of the game. It would be like saying you can't pick Zelda and turn into Sheik. Because Sheik's a different character. And Sheik has different moves. And Sheik's OP or whatever. That's like that's that's the comparison I see to it is is taking a move out of someone else's kit or you can't shine on Fox. Right, we're going off on a little bit of a tangent, but we I are. will. Uh, uh, my argument to this is that it is a glitch. It wasn't intended, and there are a lot of glitches that are banned in tournament. There's like, a lot of glitches that I aren't was... banned though. I would like you to name one to support your. Do you argument. think? Do you think wave dashing was an intended mechanic? No, but it's not a glitch. It's technically an... I mean, you could call it a glitch. technically it's an... It was not an intended mechanic. It's more of an exploit, because, like, there are players... Like, you are only allowed to pummel a... There's a line of code that says you are only allowed to pummel this amount of times barring X inputs by your opponent based on this percentage that you can guarantee. That is a line of code. Okay. And then that loops per pummel but okay 
the way that it's coded into the game, it shouldn't work like that. If you should be able to repeat pummel over and over and over again at a certain beats per minute to exploit that line of code. Yeah, I I don't know. I to me, all of those sort of high level mechanics like wave dashing and uh, I don't know what else you'd put in there. That's really the top the top the top one at my list that that gets used. You know constantly in top tier melee i would kind of put them all every character in the game uses that every character can use it yeah yeah every but not every character can wobble not every character can shine but every character has a grab not every character has an infinite not every character has a spike that's integral parts of some like I, I just don't see what's wrong with having a character have a have an identity in their kit. If Ice Climber's identity is don't get grabbed, don't get grabbed. It's away from character design, though. Every character has a grab. Every character can grab other characters. Yeah, I mean, Not half the characters character. in the game can can at least you know uh, chain throw to like fifty percent on 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 everyone else. I don't know. I mean, it's you can you can chain throw most characters in melee. I mean, kind of, but it's not infinite. Like people True. have talked about banning like Marth up throw yeah. on FD yeah. for a long time because it's a free fifty percent. But even then, it's still one of those scenarios where it's like it's has to be it like the the situation has to be so perfect that it almost like marth has to be on final destination and you well you have to pick marth you have to be against either fox or falco and you have to, you have to up throw them and marth. be yeah, good at the game and read them. them at the top of their throat yeah you have to do what all about of that. like what about like ness's yo-yo where you can set your yo-yo and you're a bit and your next move will hit across the stage in a competitive format with how fast melee is, if you can pull it off, go ahead. Okay. Like, with how difficult that is to pull off in a competitive scenario, yeah, go ahead. I understand what you're saying. Under Jack. Like, do it. But with how easy it is to press the Z button to grab somebody, no. That's But again, we're it, we're talking we're talking super fast high level melee. Like, it's not that easy to grab someone. On ice climbers, yeah. where you have to have them desynced to begin the grab. But good ice climbers players will and can exploit it. Like I very, agree, very easily. I agree. They can match the fluidity of the game. They can like the entire reason why that character is so good or can be so good is operating desynced ice climber. Yes, it's being able to like consistently force your opponent to approach by staggering projectiles and uh moving your characters in and out of of ranges to set up certain moves and then you can finally finally set up a grab and also also here's the other thing wobbles of how much wobbles sets back ice climbers as a character you think that ice climbers players would be better if wobbles didn't exist yes i i see where you're coming from and i agree but i don't think anyone would play ice climbers if wobbles didn't exist i mean the 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 characters isn't that good but the character's pretty sweet it's cool i agree you can get some flashy combos when with desynced ice climbers yeah and i guarantee you there's some people out there like why do you think amsa plays yoshi because yeah. there's a bunch of sweet combos. I understand what you, you're you've saying. You've got a bunch of like tech skill and stuff that you can exploit. Why do you think I play Peach? Because Peach has a bunch of cool combos and stuff that you can exploit, and things like that that are fun. But you don't see me clamoring for, to like cancel Peach down smash. I mean, it's, it's too good because, because it's, it's OP on Fox. Yeah. Yeah. How about banning uh, anything that Peach pulls that's not a turnip? So it's actually kind of funny. So somebody did the math on like Peach pulling a a bomb, Mm -hmm. and Peach is more likely to die from them pulling their own bomb than they are to kill their opponent. 
I that does not surprise like somebody, me. Somebody, yeah, it's it, it's pretty hilarious that they're more likely to hit themselves than they are. That actually does not else. surprise me at all. So, in a funny way, that kind of I I would say no, um, or like I would say no, especially because. Sometimes I don't like introducing randomness into Smash. I agree that RNG is a little funky to like, put in I, a fighting game. I don't like it. And you could definitely support the argument of not of having variability, but it's not to the point where it is so backbreaking that yeah. like, you can shield it, you can dodge the turn up. It's not like, oh, I pulled a turn up, I win. It's like I pulled a turn up and I get a stock maybe like, yeah i no i i understand i understand the comparison. maybe so yeah but i understand not introduce rng into a into a fighting game where there is it seems weird it seems like a weird the, thing to introduce yeah it's the only other rng there is is pokemon stadium glitches yeah and like what stadium yeah flips do and what side uh wispy blows on dreamland basically yes so oh yeah i understand we spent we tangented pretty bad all right we'll have to we'll have to get that under control for next week um (laughs) so i don't let's skip let's skip this one okay because i like this one better so we're gonna skip our second topic again second week in a row next week we'll actually do three topics well we kind of did three topics but just one of them was a hot take uh so that's true excellent uh here's yours this we'll make this one a quick segment okay uh what what's the like the first video game you played what what game got you started on on gaming wow so this is like the first game i remember playing is the original lego star wars for the GameCube. okay yeah yeah I don't remember my parents getting a GameCube. I remember getting it in, like, the middle of the summer. Like, not for any particular reason. Like, it wasn't a birthday. It it wasn't anything like that. I don't remember. And I, from what I remember, it was in, like, March or, or like, May or, like, sometime around then when we got the GameCube. Somehow... But that was the first game I remember sitting down and playing. Okay. And being, and really, really enjoying it. And then kind of, like, what got me into, like, PC gaming was, like, Wizard 101. And from there, the first game I played competitively was, like, Smite. So the, the, those are more of, like, my earlier games. And what kind of got me started into, like, playing into playing video games okay okay what about you what was your what was your first game so the first game that i can remember playing was on an old you know i don't even know how old it was some desktop probably from the 90s actually there was our family computer and it was webkins was the very first game i remember playing where you oh, had to go I to totally the store forgot. and buy a stuffed animal, and then it had a code on it that you could enter online and play with your webkins. That was You're the first right. game I remember playing, followed closely That's by Club totally Penguin. Totally right. You're, no, that was my first game. Those were the first two I games that I ever played. So, okay, I'm not sure if this this was around the same time as Webkin. But did you ever have those games that were CDs that you put into your computer yes, that you would get I, to, like the library? One. I or... had one. It what was, game did you have? Uh, what was it called? Um, because I only played it once. It was actually my sister's, and she never played it. it. The disc is probably still in our house somewhere. Um, it was ah, uh, what was it called? It was a zoo game. Zoo. Was it? Uh, started with a T, I think. Zoo Tycoon. Zoo Tycoon. Yes, we had it on disc, and my sister played it like ten times max. 
I liked it. I thought it was cool. I played it a little bit, but I was also like four, so I don't really remember it. Yeah, I, so I think, okay, this probably supersedes Webkin's and Lego Star Wars, but I think I had, so there was like the, the old disc games that you would put into your computer. Okay. And we had Putt Putt Circus. Okay, okay. Putt Putt goes to the zoo. There was a game. And then there was like this um this pirate game that we had. Okay, okay. And then we, we we didn't have a lot we never had like a lot. But they were I those are some games I look on with like a lot of fondness. Yeah. And one of yeah. the, probably here's what shows my age so much is that we were I used to be bad at video games and I've talked to other people or like seen photos online of like calling my mom in to try and beat the game for him. Yeah. Or try and like help me out with it. Yeah. That's how old I am. When parents were better at video games at their kids, like apparently now you have some like cracked out six year old on Fortnite that's like gonna go in three yeah. years. But that's how old I am. Or I guess that's how far gaming has come from from that. Is that we used PC game with discs. That is true. I don't even have a disc drive on my computer. I don't either. I couldn't tell. I don't have one on my laptop. I, I don't. I think there's one disc drive, drive in my drive. house. Gosh, I can't. I, okay, we have a VHS player actually at my house. I I don't even. Have the only disc. Much. The only place that I've actually watched like a movie on disc recently is using my PS4 because they play discs. Yeah, I can't remember the last, like, movie, like, not video game thing that I played on, like, my Xbox. Yeah. Like, any sort of movie, anything like that, that's had a disc drive. And even most of my games on Xbox are downloaded on the Xbox. Yeah, it's not even, you don't even have to put it in a disc. Interesting. Well, that was a good trip down memory lane. That was a good trip. And we kind of touched on our topic that we might touch on next week of the the death of class. That is true. A little bit. The, is that the death moving of, away from it. The death of classic games. Like, why? What? What's pushing us away from them? Uh, probably something. And something we'll talk about next week. Next it's podcast. true. It's true. We'll, we'll cover that, that next commitment. week. I'll, I'll make that commitment. We can talk about that next that week. We'll, we'll, we will hit that next week. I promise. Right on. Let's go. All go. right. Another short one, next line. Um, This is some future sort of talk because there have been, I've seen some rumors, no idea of how true they are or not, uh, that D&D 6E is supposedly like in the works, kind of. Uh, What are some things that you would like to see changed from 5th edition to 6th edition? Be it whether or not 6th edition comes out in the next one year or the next 10 years, what is something that you, someone who has played a decent amount of 5th edition, what's something you'd like to change for 6th edition? I would like to see the distinguishing, or like, the sorcerer and wizard class have more unique qualities. Because oftentimes it feels like not only is the wizard kind of just better in a lot of scenarios, the difference between a sorcerer and a wizard is not very bad. It, it, it does not no. feel particularly unique when you're playing a sorcerer versus playing a wizard. If you told me, oh, I'm playing a wizard and then hook a bunch of sorcerer spells by accident as a DM, no, who would know? I'm not partic- yeah, I'm not particularly detail oriented when checking up on my players is like legality of character so i would never know and they feels it, it it feels very much the same of like when i'm explaining a villain to somebody it's like oh there's this like wizard sorcerer archmage type villain or something like that like together. they're a magic user like that uses a different type of magic and it doesn't make 
it almost feels like the sorcerer is a subclass of wizard or vice versa. It does. I agree. And Next I, question. I would change that. Follow yes. us. Spitball one idea. How would you change it? If you have one, you don't. You, if you don't have any, that's fine. Uh, how do you mean, like one idea? Oh, I oh, mean, oh, like like one way to separate them. One way to one way to make them truly different classes. Because I understand I what would, you're saying. I would make the way they cast spells different, so it feels more unique for the character. I mean, I if you if how, you play like, rules as written, the way they cast spells is fairly different. A lot of people just like table rule them to be very similar. I mean, a wizard has to have a book in their hand. I, I, I well, sort of, unless I have a focus. But I mean, like it's. I guess it's mostly in preparation that they that they're completely different. I don't know. Yeah, I understand I, what I you're saying. May, maybe the way that they they roll for spells or like a. I don't have a particular solution. I'm kind of armchair. That's, that's this fine. One no, like, I was just curious if you had and thought saying, about it. I enough. don't like this. I haven't. Um, it's something that I have been brought to by characters and something that I have, like, the few times I've read the handbook, been like, oh, these guys are not too far apart. Yeah. So make them, make them new, make it so sorcerers can do something that feels very, very unique to their, their class, um, make their, their subclasses more, um, more unique that's not just like wild magic and getting wings yeah just th like things like that that would make it or merge them together as and have sorcerer be a subclass of wizard and have those like the wild magic sorcerer be a subclass of wizard and i think that's fair a new class like an like an artificer or like or a like a east master animal handler or something like that something that's not the or even yeah more classes there are yeah like replace sorcerer like move sorcerer under wizard and replace it with something else just make it more unique may or, or make it feel like you are not just another magic unit user because they just blend together so much. they do they do i i completely agree with what you're saying um i think personally things that i'd like to see changed into 6e um magic items are the first one i think that attunement is a really good idea i wish that there were um i don't know exactly how to put this better ground rules for what does and doesn't need attunement as someone who homebrews a lot of items i tend to be completely winging it when it comes to attunement uh i wish that there were maybe more ground rules or just you know um I don't know, uh, something that would tell you more on why attunement is required, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, because it's like, a lot of magic items are kind of just, they require attunement. Because and... the general rule that I use is, if it adjusts your stats, if it actually affects your person to wield this item, attunement. If it is a item you can just use, non-attunement. But that's not always true with, like, you know, magic weapons. With very powerful magic weapons, a lot of them don't actually adjust your stats themselves, uh, but they require attunement because they're really strong. So there's there's some, some gray area in there where it's definitely sort of DM discretion if you're homebrewing stuff. That's something I'd like to see worked on a little bit. Other than that, I would like to see Ranger reworked again personally i really like ranger i think oh, it's a cool class what, what's your problem with rangers are you being serious i'm i don't see a direct problem with them i mean it's a it's a horrible class i don't know if you've ever like read the ranger the the baseline player's handbook ranger it's not good it's i mean it's objectively if i took someone who had never played DD &D before and i said read these base classes tell me which one's the worst i think that 80 out of 100 people could tell me that ranger was the worst one they're kind of i feel like rangers can do a lot 
I feel like if rangers you use would, like, the, have a lot of flexibility. If you use Tasha's Cauldron Ranger, then they can do a lot. Tasha Cauldron already remade Ranger. There's literally uh, five of Ranger's seven base abilities got reworked in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything as optional base class abilities. That Ranger is good. That Ranger is playable, and they still feel like a Ranger. Uh, base Player's Handbook Ranger is next to useless. It is so bad. Just, I don't know, read it sometime, Exelon, and you, it, you would understand. It's it's not a it's not a good class. Yeah, I DM, I, I let my character... You're right, I don't read the Player's Handbook a lot Should either, I, but... Yeah, I... I can't remember the last time I did read the player's <laughs> handbook, and I've had enough players make really shitty characters try and make them work to where I don't really check up on, like, I judge my, like, I warp my encounters and power level around what my yeah. players can do, and it's gotten to the point where I just, I don't pay attention to it. It's like, what class or race or... No, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. But that's not something I've really brought up or like that's been brought up to me before. It's something that that's been brought up to me because I had a player in my last campaign who up to this point had played like almost exclusively Ranger. And I was like, listen, because they played primarily Pathfinder and now they were switching to 5e. And I was like, listen, Ranger sucks in fifth edition. Like consider something else, please. And they did. They, they ended up playing Warlock. But... I just think Ranger could use a rework. On top of that, I would like to see more ambitious subclasses. I don't know if you've ever played Pathfinder, but there are like there are classes in Pathfinder like Scald that is essentially half barbarian, half bard. You know, you have um, things like Investigator that are you know half rogue and and. I don't know what the other half of Investigator is. Alchemist, I think. Uh, Alchemist is an actual class in Pathfinder. You know, I'd like to see some of those more ambitious classes taken into into 6th edition. I think they could do cool stuff with them. Yeah, and there are like 5e books that introduce more classes and There are some archetypes, but there's nothing that's... um, I feel like the archetypes are played fairly safe. Even even some of the weird ones like, you know... um, arcane trickster and stuff like that that does alter the class i feel like they're played a little safe like i think you could alter classes more and have it be just fine yeah i would i i could i could definitely like one of my favorite um archetypes is or subclasses that's canon in dnd is like the it's i don't remember the the canon name for it but it's the monk that has like basically chosen war that abandoned the peaceful nature of being a monk but also like like an oath breaker monk yes 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 and it was it's a super fun class it was very 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 powerful but i like that like push it like having more subclasses having things you can branch yeah, pushing the boundaries on what on what a class is a little bit. Yeah. Like Deemed like warlock. Exactly. Um like and that's one thing that I like about Pathfinder is that it does have a lot of class stuff, you know. Scald, like playing like multi-classing barbarian and bard in 5e would be not very good. But then you have this scald that can cast magic and rage and rage their teammates, you know, in in Pathfinder. It's just a very sort of unique idea that I think could bring a lot of life to Dungeons and Dragons. It could bring a lot of replayability almost to the tabletop of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, because a lot it's getting to the point where Dungeons and Dragons is I think they just celebrated or are celebrating very soon their 50th anniversary. Yeah. They've had the same classes and are starting to get the subclasses like yeah, ish for a very very long time i think that branching out and making a lot of new things at, at base level just at the at, at the uh, like the character creation process having 
more races, classes, and abilities to, or, or, or ways to customize your character would be really interesting to see of just introducing yeah. things to like new characters of like look at all the stuff you can do, but also obviously make it easily digestible and understandable. Which is like, something that the D and D already does pretty well. Yeah, is it? Look at all the stuff you can do, but also here's your rules. Here's like the the base the base stuff. I like that a lot. I really I'd li- like I'd like to see lot. some more from them. I, I think that there are some things that could become like you know more base classes that aren't like alchemist like uh yeah. artificer you know that kind of stuff especially with things like the uh, return to ravnica like yeah. canon D book of uh-huh. like you cannot tell me there are not artificers running around everywhere in the is guild like, right that's literally like the the artificer guild is that, yeah. that thing and you're telling me that that's not a class come on i mean or at least not a come base on. class yeah, yeah I, I think that yeah. there are some things they could do to adjust the the width of the game i think that they could branch it out a lot uh and still have it be this simple digestible version of dungeons and dragons right and for a lot of players too especially like newer players once you get them like introduced and acclimated to what dungeons and dragons is a lot of players when they enjoy the game they want to go further exactly and having options like a like a ton of options if you're starting from like a level one campaign you're like oh i i was given this this very basic fighter to do something with having like six seven different options of where you want to take your character I think would be super fun. I agree. I agree. I don't know. We'll have to wait and find out. I'm curious when we get it because we've had we've had uh 5th edition for almost 10 years. It really been that long. It was I want to say it was like 2013. Jeez. I something I've like been that. Playing D&D 2014. For a long time. The player's handbook okay, released in August of 2014. Okay, because I played four, fourth edition for about two years, um, and then 5e came out, and that was when that that was when a lot of my friend group kind of stopped playing, or my original original friend group stopped playing Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, was when fifth edition came out. We'll, we'll have to see. Eight years seems really quick to release another one, but I'd say in the 2020s we'll get another version of, of Dungeons & Dragons, and we'll have to see if any of our predictions come true. I hope they do. I really I also do. hope so. I'd love to see some more stuff in D&D. Yeah. As, fun, as perfect of a game as Dungeons & Dragons is, it's not without its flaws. It's as perfect as you make it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that's going to be it for us this week. Right uh, do you have anything else to add, Exelon? Um, stay safe. One more time. Stay safe. Don't stay do drugs. safe. Don't do drugs. Thank you. Go to school. Wear a condom. Okay, I don't know if that's uh, on topic. You know, we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons players. Like, they don't really, you know, not, not don't necessary. Don't wear a condom. So are you, saying, are you saying they shouldn't wear a condom? Is that what I'm getting? Listen, dude, when it's just your hand, <laughs> the condom's not necessary, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. On that note, we will see you guys around here next week for another episode of the Nerd Hub Podcast. As always, I've been Pinzo. This guy's been Exelon. We will see you guys in the next one. <laughs>